Hello, welcome to Dissecting a Frog. This is a podcast about writing, presenting and performing comedy. I'm your host, Luke Morris. Thank you for joining me. This week we have Luke McGregor. He's a great guy and he was really super helpful in making this interview happen. Uh, First thing I want to say though is I haven't decided on the theme music yet for this series, this podcast. Uh, You might have noticed it's changed a couple of times. You can vote, submit your own music, let me know what you think. Uh, Send an email to laughs at comedyvictoria.com.au I can't decide between Super Magic Hats or Mike Elliott. They're both really nice people who've supplied some music so far. Um, What's Comedy Victoria? If this is your first episode, uh, it's been set up by some producers and comedians in Victoria to help producers and comedians connect and learn more and do more gigs in uh, regional communities as well as in cities. So, um, that's why we're here. You can help us, you can become a part, you can join on social media. There's Comedy Vic, at Comedy Vic is the social media link. Or sign up for membership, There's the, that's on the website, comedyvictoria.com.au. Um, but let's go straight to Luke McGregor now. He's a really nice guy, a great guy. I had technical issues when recording this uh, interview and he helped a lot. He offered to do a couple of interviews. So what you actually hear is the second interview. We we try to pretend we haven't just like the day or so beforehand said all of this to each other. Um, and I think it does sound really good. And he's super helpful. He's really... Um, generous with his time to help other people learn the craft so he's drawing on his experience not only as a terrific stand-up comic but also uh, as a writer for television uh, particularly the series Rosehaven which he wrote with Celia Piccola Um, it was great hearing all the behind the scenes stories about working on all of that stuff so please listen and and learn Um, as I said he was super friendly and helpful I on the other hand on the day of recording, I was having a sweating attack. And for those who have seen my stand-up, you know about that. I decided not to tell Luke this, but I was shaking, cold, sweating all throughout this interview. Nothing to do with him. It's just a condition I have that pops up sometimes, and it just decided to do it then. And so you, the interview is good, but it does sort of just to send to me asking him questions and, and not sort of trying to having as much fun because I wasn't having a lot of fun that day. But um, like I said, Luke was great and you can hear um, all of his very insightful and, and useful tidbits now. Yeah, that's fine. Take a look. Go for it. Um, so the first question is really, uh, what got you into comedy? Um, it was, I fell into it sort of by accident. My housemate was doing raw comedy, which is a, like a low budget Australian idol for anyone who's <laughs> not familiar. Um, and someone so the, there was a lineup set and someone didn't show up. Um, and I did a bit to drink and I said, can I get up instead? Um, and I, I didn't really have any material, but I, I just sort of did crowd work. Like I got the crowd really excited that I was going to be really good and told them dumb stuff like, you know, put down your drink so you don't spill it on yourself and 
make sure you don't have a sip during my set, otherwise you'll spit it out. It, it was <laughs> it was really dumb stuff, and it got a laugh. But then I didn't have any material, and the set kind of died. But um, that initial bit of fun was enough for me to go. Oh, I, I should keep. I, I want to keep doing this. Oh wow! I just want to. I just want to never stopped. So it was this a spontaneous thing, and you just enjoyed the crowd. Yeah, yeah. I was about twenty five at the time. I hadn't given comedy any thought up until then. Um, I, I don't think I'd even gone to a live stand up show. I just, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It just felt like um, felt like coming home or something. It felt it felt like me. Wow, that's great. So yeah, I, I was I was interested to see if there was any sort of history of writing or doing any comedy in in, in school or. Uh, in any classes or anything like that, but it was really, you sound like you had a natural instinct to sort of build up expectation and create a crowd work and an environment to it. That's... Oh, it's just one of those things where I, uh, I don't know, I, I tried a new thing and it clicked, um, which <laughs> is why I uh, encourage anyone to maybe seek out some stuff you haven't thought about before because, uh, yeah, it was it just happened to be, I just got, I just got lucky. Wow. Well, that was interesting because I I spoke to Peter Jones for this podcast um, a, a few weeks ago, and he said he saw you do a gig early on, and because you, you you you're quite nervous on stage, and so the question sort of from there was sort of is is that a persona that you've tried to build while you're on stage that that, that nervous energy? No, I was just I was just nervous on stage. Um, I guess I just don't hide it as much when I'm on stage. Um, it's pulled back a bit lately just because I don't get as nervous anymore. But yeah. um, at, at the time, it was just me. Because, you know, if I'm in a social situation or, a, I don't know, a job interview, I can sort of hide my nerves. But when I'm on stage, I just sort of let them run wild. Um, so it's less of a persona and more just um, an unfiltered look at my anxiety. <laughs> Well, that's good. Well, I suppose being unfiltered on stage is, is important. I mean, it, it, that, well, I was interested in that and whether or not it was an act because there are comedians who do act well on stage, but I, I know a lot of them also try and make themselves as true to themselves on stage as possible as, as a way yeah. to be more honest to the material that they present, I guess. I think even if you do a character on stage, as long as, you just kind of, as, long as it's kind of congruent or it's... Um you know, expressing that character mm. in an, in a vulnerable way, then it's, um, you know, there's a diff, there's different ways of being, of expressing yourself honestly, I think. Um, um, but, uh, that was mine at least at the time. Um, I just kind of never really, it always felt to me like, um, the way I talk to someone or tell a joke to, um, you know, a group of people at a dinner party is the same thing I do with a crowd. And have you had to change that now that you're, if you're feeling more confident on stage, are you, do, you, do you change the the way you present and, and tell those stories or do you, do you have to harness like your your old no. nervous self? If to... it's a joke specific, oh, sorry to interrupt, Luke. I was just <laughs> going to say if it's a joke specifically about um, anxiety, yeah. then um, it'll be, it might be something I talk about in the past tense if it's not something I do anymore. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it hasn't, it's, it hasn't affected that much as far as material goes. And in that, I guess it's the question of this, is the joke written in a way that it can survive regardless? 
Yeah, I think so. It's um, you know, it doesn't it doesn't really change much if I say I used to do this or, and sometimes I'll actually get a new joke out of it because the thing I used to do has now been replaced by something else or <laughs> I don't know. It, so it's it's not it's not um, it's not too bad as far as old material goes. But I it it has made me sort of not as excited to do that material. I kind of want to do more stuff about what's more relevant to me now. But that's you know, a slow process of writing up new gear again. So <laughs> it's a muscle I haven't exercised in a while. Um, so I've got to, um, yeah, I'm slowly working that up at the moment. Yeah, well, I, I was interested in all that in terms of how you write about for yourself as a character on stage because I was wanted to jump on to um, talking about writing characters for, for TV. But just because you bring it up there, can I, can I ask what is your process for specifically writing for stage you say it's a slow process to get material going um i just try and dedicate a certain amount of time to it even if it's like 10 minutes um a day where i'm just at the computer even if i write nothing and then just if i have an idea just making sure i I log it somewhere so i can come back to it later um but uh yeah i don't really have a tried and true method for it um how do you find that time to flesh out those ideas um oh you just you just make time like everyone's got to spare 10 minutes somewhere um so if that's all i've got i'll just do it um you know just have a little google doc of stand-up that i'm working on and um you know even if i just write down ideas and not jokes that's you know just something just something that i can work on or keep working on usually it's just an idea i find interesting like I'm, i'm trying to write a joke about um like there's a lot of garbage in that we've sort of put in space um that every that carries risks of landing back down on earth so we're all at risk it's a very small risk of getting hit by space debris which is fascinating to me um to talk about but i don't necessarily have a joke about it yet so it's um i i it's it's that sort of stuff just finding stuff i find interesting to talk about and then hoping to find the funny in it do do, do you research to find the funny or do you do you just sort of play around with the the, the potential concepts how, how do you attack is there an angle you try and take when you when you think of something like that no i just try and find what 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 what, what the core of it, it that i find interesting and then um because i find if i find if i if i like talking about something that's that's going to be enough uh, and then to try and make that funny as a bonus so i'm, I'm trying to write engaging yeah. things i find interesting and then just trying to make them funny as like a cherry on top <laughs> but there's no so you're not one of these people that tries to like um think of a, the terms like pull back and reveal or some sort of pun or some sort of specific uh there's no hook you try and create to make something funny it's really it's just a natural process as you're interested in something yeah i'll try and I'll try and just think about what do I find funny about it and then what's the best way to word that. But um, yeah. no, I don't, I don't go too technical with it. I, I, I think that people don't care what happens in the hour you're speaking to them. They just want to be entertained. Yeah. And so as long as you're engaging and entertaining, then whether you're funny or not doesn't really matter. It's, it's great. I mean, obviously you want to be funny, but um, what's most important is just people – enjoy the the whole hour they're listening and as long as that happens i think the rest takes care of itself but do you do you find because i've i've the first time i sort of noticed that i'm i might write jokes 
is I wrote a stage play that I thought was a drama. And then when the um, uh, director came back to me, he was like, this is a really good fast in terms of comedic fast. And so yeah, right. it was a, oh, yeah, I know I've written funny things before, but this time was supposed to be straight. And No. And I thought, ah, oh, is – and so I suppose it poses the question is, do, do you find yourself when you're just writing anything that you tend to just turn it towards humour? Even if you're just trying to be entertaining, that's just the, the natural bent your writing takes? Um, I, I, guess, I guess I find laughter and the most fun of the emotions to, to feel or, you know, I find if – you know, I, I I enjoy trying to find the funny. That's like my yeah. treasure hunt in all subjects. So, um, it, it's what I enjoy doing the most, which I guess leads to me doing it the most. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 great when you get to spend your time doing things you're really interested in. It's it's, it's yeah, yeah yeah. It's um. I mean, I I think one one saying that has always annoyed me is um. You know, if you find what you love doing, you'll never work another day in your life. And I, I think that's just absolute bullshit. I think um, if you find what you love doing, you'll work even more and um, then spend your weekends and then feel guilty every time you're not doing it. <laughs> it's uh, it, it's still it's still work. It's just I, I enjoy it a lot more than superannuation. <laughs> it, oh, it definitely is work. Um, I'll, I'll, I think that's a whole avenue for um, another topic I'll have to talk to with someone one day but yeah I, I will move on to the the tv sort of things because you do have a great it sounds like you do have a great passion for writing and i assume that from what it sounds like you also you write out your stand-up material you're not with someone who just makes notes or memorizes it you actually write out the script uh i'll write it out if it'll help i don't always write it out but if it'll help me um flesh out the bit i will um like sometimes i'll just write it out once as a so i've got something that i'm clear on saying when i'm on stage i know what beats to hit but um yeah it just depends not not always if if i if i come up with the bit on stage and or i tweak it on stage and i'm like that's a that's a fun way to word it then i'll um i don't know usually they're just committed to memory so i don't have to worry about it too much but um yeah so that is that's more of a an optional thing rather than something I do every time. Yeah, no, that's good though. But how, how, so let, let's get let's go straight into the TV thing then. How, how did writing uh, for television start with you? Um, it was uh, I, I did a I, I wrote one episode of It's a Date with Peter Hellier um, on his show, and then um, ABC. I can't remember exactly how it happened, but ABC kind of approached Celia Pecola and I to write, to pitch something. And so we played with a few ideas that they sort of rejected until we came to um, Rosehaven about a small town real estate agency. Um, how, how did they know, or how did Peter Hellier, did, was that just from gigging? Did, did Peter just did, know yeah, you just, from gigs? Um, yeah, just from gigging. All, all of my opportunities have come from stand-up. Um it's uh yeah and then it it was with Rosehaven it was a because we we didn't we we didn't really know what to how to write a tv show so we had um you know we'd read we'd read a book on how to do it or we'd had um but then we we got we met someone called Michael Lucas who um 
had written things like Offspring and um, he'd, he was great at sort of telling us how to sort of, um, you know, talking us through the sort of more the, the, the skeleton of how to write a show and um, some of the more, um, uh, I guess, um, you know, important things around story and things like that. He sort of helped us mould, you know, and jokes, jokes into something that was story-driven. And it was the same process with I, I do with stand-up and then we tried to write an engaging story without jokes and then we added jokes to it. So we'd try and think of storylines that were, you know, interesting enough on their own. Is, then, is that what you mean by the skeleton? That's the... the, the... Yeah, the skeletons, um, well, the the not fun bits, I guess, of the TV show sometimes can be, um, you know, because we just want to write jokes, sometimes can be, <laughs> you know, fleshing out the characters, getting all the story beats um, uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a row and in a way that makes sense. Um, so you sort of do all this sort of prep work and it just makes when it comes to writing jokes so much easier because you know you know the character's direction and what decisions they'd make and making sure that any jokes that attach to them are congruent with what you know with their character it's it was just a lot of stuff we didn't think about um but uh yeah it was once once um once we sort of had a bit of a structure it was it was just so much easier to write so how do you flesh out the characters then um they have to almost feel like someone you and not not always you can have little small characters that just have like one line or two but if it's a character that's ongoing you know it it, it definitely helps if they're you know in your mind just as real as thinking to a friend you had at school you know you you, you know what um decisions they're making different situations you know how they interact yeah. with someone you know, you want to you want them to feel like real people, um, and that's hard when you're writing your first script because you you don't know what actor's going to play them. And um, um, but but you should know, like, if if they're all stuck in an elevator, all your characters, you'd kind of know which ones would be nervous, which ones would you know snap into action, which ones would panic. You know, you kind of want to know what decisions they'd make. In the same way, if you were writing like a show that had magic, you kind of want to be clear about what the rules of magic are, so you weren't. <laughs> like ruining plots down the track because um, how can he be stuck in a room if he can teleport in episode three? You know, yeah. you, it's, just, it's the same with your characters and their motivations. You want to make sure they're consistent and, um, you know, if they um, if they do change or they act in a different way, it's because of something that happened in your script. It's it's um, It can also make it easier to write because if you're not sure what what um, where to go next in the story, you can just say to yourself, well, what decision would the character make in this situation? And then that can yeah. lead you. So it's... um. It's all just stuff that helps, you know, there's no rules around writing a TV show. You can do it any way you want, but that's just one way for me that made it easier to write a show. Yeah, I think that's a great tip because it reminds me of a writing teacher I had said that if you ever have a writer's block, it's because you don't understand the character or the situation and that's what you need to research or think about more. And- yeah, you should always know what decision they'd make. Um or at least what they'd be weighing up um, in order to make a decision. Like um, uh, otherwise, yeah, it's because um, it, especially when you're writing a script, because you'll it'll take you you know eight months to write eight episodes um, or longer, and then you um, but you know the the time between ep one and ep six is you know several months, and so um, for you. Uh, you know, a slight incongruence in the character isn't a big deal. You're like, oh, it's fine. 
that was months ago, but when someone watches your TV show, they might binge it all in one day. Yeah. And so something that the character does that's completely, you know, different than what they would have done in earlier episodes makes people see it. And, it, you know, to them, it's like, why have they completely done this 180 than when they just said this the other day? So it's, um, it's really important when writing your script to, yeah, have a, have a, have a through line that's um, consistent. Is, is it ever really tempting just to throw in the, the joke you think of for a different character and put it onto somebody else just so you can sneak in a joke? Oh, if you joke, if you've got a joke that fits in somewhere, it's, um, you know, you might be able to find a different character that it works for, but I, I think, but we, we tried to never sacrifice a character for a joke, hmm. like make them do something that's so outside of their character, just because we thought that a joke might be funny because it's sort of, it means a joke doesn't hit as hard and you've also sort of made the character a bit, um, you know, you've heard the character as well. So it's just, uh, it was, it's one of those things where, um, you know, sometimes you might have whole scenes that you really like, but they just don't, they're just not working. So you throw them out um, in the context of the story. So, so, I, mean, I mean, this is a compliment and I'm thinking, when I'm thinking of that scenario, I think Rose Haven as, as the example here is quite sort of spaced. There's like a, there's, um, there's time for each character to say and do things. It's not joke, 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 joke sort of thing. And I think that really endears it to being, again, true to characters because you, you find it hard to, have, you know, you, you don't have people who are always constantly trying to find the, the, the best one line to outdo people, each other in real life. Yeah, it's um, it was... It's it's just a, like I've I've watched shows like Thirty Rock who have you know such a high joke per minute ratio and I love shows like that. Um, I guess with ours we just chose a slightly slower pace, partly because it was in a small town and yeah. it was um, I think a lot of people described it as a gentle comedy, which is I think pretty accurate. It's um it's uh, I think the best comment we ever got was someone says it's the show I watch when I when I've got a hangover because it's kind of, <laughs> which, I, which I which I thought was lovely. Um, so it's um. Yeah, it was just uh, it was just kind of the pace that we naturally leaned towards and uh, found comfortable. So it's you and, and Celia writing this. Do, do you work on the show on the scripts together? Yeah, so we'll we'll come up with the storylines and the story beats together, um, and then once we've got our outline, we'll set off and write it separately. So I'll write say episode one, and Celia will write episode two based on the story beats we came up with together and then we'll swap. So uh, I'll do a, I'll do a second draft on her script and she'll do a second draft on my script and then we'll, we'll come together to read through them. Um, I was wondering about how you maintain the characters being the same, even though you, you know, two different people writing each episode. We, we, we created them together. Um, So all all that, all that discussions already happened. Um, So we already know what um, the character is like um, because yeah, we've sort of, fleshed all that out in a room together beforehand. I was, I was interested when you, when you writing those scenes and, and uh, checking them, do you ever, do you use improv? Cause I, I know that's one way some people write scenes or do you, do you separately script and then just read it to each other or how do you uh, um, create yeah, those? We'll, we'll, we'll improv sometimes. Well, if I, if, you know, because the characters were played by us in some instances, we'd just say, um, um, listen, I'm, in this scene, Daniel's lost his car keys and they're running late. What would Emma say here? And then Seals and I will just actually have the conversation between the two characters out loud to each other. Yeah. 
and then use some of that or, or all of it in the script. Um, or, or sometimes dialogue that Daniel and Emma had was actually stuff Seals and I just talked to each other about in real life. Um, like we had a conversation once about how, um, you know, what would, do you reckon you could survive? Do you reckon our friendship could survive if one of us put, use the other one as a human shield in like a shootout or something? Um, <laughs> and uh, that ended up going in the script. Um, so it was, it's stuff like that. Sometimes it's, um, sometimes it's something we'll write. Other times it's just something we've organically said and we'll use in the script. And you, and you, you're one of those people, like you said before, you, you have a, a, a note app on your phone. So whenever you think of something that might work, you just jot it down quickly. And oh, Yeah, anything like, you know, if you're not going to remember it, making a voicemail, typing a quick note to yourself, sending a message to SEALs, writing it in a notepad, like any, any way of recording it, um, just because you never know when an idea is going to come. I was just, I was just thinking about uh, how, how do you uh, come up with those ideas, but that's all about the characters and the situations I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. It's, um, it, it, they, it just depends on the situation. I suppose you, you just, uh, like you, if you know what the, um, you know, what the, once you've got the story beats worked out, that's kind of, um, you know, with like when we're trying to write real estate story ideas, um, you know, I'll just think about, you know, what have I experienced as a tenant, um, my mum and dad are real estate agents. What have what some stories have told me, or what's some stuff that can go wrong, or some you know we, um, you know that you, you usually just pull from your own life, or if you can't pull from your own life, you um, you know you would talk to other people, and um, sometimes we'd have like writing rooms where we just um, you know pay a bunch of comedians to sit in a room with us for a couple of hours and help us flesh some stuff out. It was um. You know, you, you or you or I'll see a TV commercial and I'll be like, oh wow, that's a that's something I could do in the show. Like, um, you know, if I see an ad for, uh, if I see a real estate ad that's quite funny, I'll maybe a parody of it in the show or something like that. It's yeah, you just it just comes from everywhere, and your brain's kind of, um, you know, like when you see, if you buy a red car, all of a sudden you start seeing red cars everywhere. Your brain's kind of looking for, oh yeah, look, looking for it. It must be hard to yeah, switch yeah. off. Well, you're not really actively doing it. It's just sort of happening in the background, you know, because um, it's sort of switched on. It's not. It's not like you're actively going out to the shops and saying, "Okay, I'm going to look around for things I can use." It's just. It just sort of happens. I suppose that's a bit like. I was just thinking, not not everybody does that with their with their job. I was going to say a lawyer isn't always thinking about lawyering unless they've you know, ambulance chaser or something. But like some people can just go away but if you're writing or working in comedy you know you can be standing in the shops and then all, all of a sudden think i've got to start making some notes this is funny yeah it's just, just the way our brain works i suppose um <laughs> but it's uh yeah it's just one of those things where um i assume like someone who's really good at climbing stuff looks at something and goes man i'd love to climb that even though when i look at it i probably wouldn't think the same thing <laughs> when you're Got those scripts? Do you? Is it is it hard? My question I wrote down here. There's there's a few I'll, I'll get through that that are pre-scripted. Um, trusting the script, like when you write the script and you're just working it off Celia, and you said you've got some comedians that you you work off. Is it is it hard to trust because you haven't got the audience of a stand-up to to get that immediate uh, um, validation? We- we do live reads, so um, we do live reads in front of an audience. Um, 
once we've got the script in a certain shape. Um, so that helps us flesh out jokes and, you know, decide whether something's funny or not. And, and how much do you, do you find that it, it can change when you're filming it? I mean, not just writing, because when you're writing the script, it's not just the words. You've also got to think about the visuals and the, that um, side well, of sometimes, sometimes the location might change something slightly, like, um, you know, or if we write a stunt that can't be done because it's too dangerous, we have to tweak it. But um you know, usually, you know, the, with talking with the art department and the director, you can get you can get a pretty good idea of um, what's possible and what's not. Um, and so, there's plenty of time before you actually show up on set on the day. Usually, before you have to wildly tweak something. It's only happened a couple of times where um, we've had to change the script because a certain location just didn't have what we needed. Um, it's it's usually pretty rare, or we'll know it in advance. That's good to be able to also being in an environment where you can make some creative changes on the fly. You're not too, I, I would have, I, I was expecting like uh, scripts to, to be a bit more set in stone and, you know, it's, it's the stand-up world where you can just do whatever you want and adapt as, as, as need on stage, but you've got a bit of flexibility with uh, filming as well. Yeah. I mean, they're pretty set in stone. I mean, that's why, you know, you've got pre-production what goes on for so long, but um it was handy the fact that Sills and I were, you know, not just the writers but also the actors. That um, if we did need to tweak something, we could. Yeah. But it, again, it even even with that flexibility, it didn't happen very often. Um, it was pretty rare. Usually, once we got to set, everything was kind of locked in. Was it was it much in post production that would change? Uh, things as well? Not really. No, we just we'd just be um, with Sills and I sat in the edit. Um, and the sound mix. So we had a hand in, um, you know, different shots, different, you know, cuts and different sounds that we used and things like that. But, but again, it's, um, you know, you kind of, at that point, you're just kind of more choosing, you know, cut points and, um, you know, what angle to go with and things like that. So it was, um, you know, there wasn't dramatic changes. You might have a small thing with CGI where you might have to, um, you know, there might be a coffee cup in shot or something and you have to CGI it out, but otherwise not, not really. There's, there's no funny angle to, to to take notice of. Like the uh, wide shots are funnier than close-ups. There's oh, usually I I would always sort of try and avoid having movement in a shot. Sometimes if a joke was being told, like um, there was one scene where I had to walk out. Um, I was in a doctor's surgery and I just had a mold check and I was I, I embarrassedly asked the doctor out and got rejected and sort of ran out of the room, but it was still sort of undressed. Um. And originally the director had shot it with movement and it just didn't seem as funny as it was, you know, just a straight wide with me walking through the office. So there's decisions like that where... Oh, tracking tracking you moving across the track, room. Tra- tracking me across the room was a lot less funny than having a wide shot of the room and me walking through it. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, that's all subjective and it's not to say the decision they made would have been... was any less funny. It was just... It was funnier to me to see it in the wide. So I... Um, but the director was great. We had um, Jonathan Bro and Sean Wilson, and they were they were both pretty flexible. So if you know, even if they um, had a shot they wanted to do, that also you know accommodate Seals and I having a shot. Um, like so, let's say they wanted to add movement and we wanted a wide, they'd do both. And then um, you know the good thing was with the edit, we could pick which one we, we thought worked <laughs> better, depending on you know depending on the shot, I suppose. Well, that's a benefit because when I mean, you're making something like that, and you got a few goes at it. You can sort of present it in the the best way you've 
you can see it, which I suppose yeah, in stand-up yeah. you sort of got one shot at telling the joke and if you stuff the punchline, you've got to move on to the next joke. But you, Yeah, there's no take two. It's... um. Yeah, it's uh, there's a lot more freedom and flexibility in stand up, but yeah, there's no you can't have another crack at something. Yeah. Do you do you still love doing stand up with this? You know, obviously Rosehaven has been a success, and I, I think you've mentioned that you're going to put it on ice for a little while at least. But um, you... Oh yeah, Rosehaven's we 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 were happy with with the five seasons. We didn't we didn't really have any real estate stories left in us. Um, <laughs> Sometimes I have dreams about Rose. I haven't actually had a dream last night that we were doing season six and it just we just didn't have enough juice in us. And I'm like, why do we do season six? I'm like, why? <laughs> it was five was such a perfect out. And then and then I wake up and I'm like, oh, okay, that's it was a dream. But last night I, I really thought we were filming season six of Rose Heaven. It just wasn't going well. Um, oh, stress. Um, yeah, maybe a Christmas special. Apologies, I've forgotten the question. I, I went off into uh, dreamland and I forgot what the question was. But um, I was thinking about um, whether or not you still – you still love getting back into stand-up after yeah, the world. Yeah, I, I love stand-up. It's just yeah. fun. And you can, you can travel with it, you know, once you've got an hour and you can invite people along to watch it. I don't know. I just, I love stand-up. And I, I just love doing it. I love just being in a room full of people and making them laugh. It's just a fun, it's just a fun thing. That's got, is that that immediacy of having people in the room versus rating for viewing ratings or, or, or an, an award or something to come along for television oh you you just don't pay you just don't think about it you just try and finish the edit with the show you like and then everything else is you know it's that just has to be enough um but there's definitely much more of an instant gratification of just a room full of people laughing um that's uh it's definitely a higher high even though it's much more short-lived <laughs> I do, we do need to sort of wrap up. I can see the, the time on our meeting about to collapse. But um, I did want to ask if you had any mentors and, and, or anyone who's inspired you and, and what they might have taught you. Um, oh, it sounds silly, but Bruce Lee is my big one. Um, I was obsessed with Bruce Lee growing up, and he talked about honestly expressing yourself, and I, I try and do that in all my sort of at, outlets. Um you know, just trying to think about who am I, what do I want to share with the world, what do I find, like trying to share what I find funny or what I find interesting um, so that other people can enjoy it as well. That's kind of my, but, yeah, so Bruce Lee has kind of been my, my biggest mentor. I'm not as good at fighting as him, but I um, I did, I definitely latched on to that, that, that expression. No, I don't, was he funny at all, Bruce Lee? I don't, did he, Jackie Chang was the guy who brought comedy to martial arts, um, and I think Bruce pretty- Lee ever... Bruce Lee was funny. There's, he doesn't. There wasn't a lot of, you know, he didn't. He wasn't a joke a second guy, but he, um, <laughs> he definitely had a sense of humour. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. There's, it's, it's hard to find footage of Bruce Lee where he's not punching someone in a movie. Uh, but um, this, you know, the few man interviews he does, he's yeah. There's definitely he definitely had a sense of humour. That's good. No, but I love the uh, idea of the honesty that he, he'd bring because that's the way you've talked about presenting characters and being honest about yourself on stage. I mean, there's a lot to be said about honesty in comedy, in in being a root of of finding or or getting laughs. Yeah. I think, I think all art in the end is about sharing yourself with other people. Um, And uh, yeah, comedies, you know, it's just one of the ways we, we, we do it, I suppose. And it's the one I enjoy the most. Great. 
Cool. Well, I'll, I'll, we'll wrap up because I can see it's about to say no more time for us. My, my, <laughs> co- my coin's going to run out. Um, I'm out of uh, dollar coins as well. Well, thanks for talking to me, Luke. I really appreciate <laughs> it. Thanks for making the time. And yeah, I'll catch you around. Thanks, Luke. All right. Thanks, mate. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Dissecting a Frog, presented by Comedy Victoria. To hear about upcoming gigs and opportunities, become a member. Visit the website comedyvictoria.com.au and follow on social media at Comedy Vic. You can track down myself, Luke Morris, at Luke Morris Ha. And remember, as E.B. and Catherine White wrote, humour can be dissected as a frog can, but the thing dies in the process.